0: Uh, thank you for joining this evening, July 10th, convening of the African American Reparations Advisory Committee. My um, Chair Eric McDonald will be joined shortly by Vice Chair Hollins as we lead this evening's meeting. I want to, as always, and again, thank the Human Rights Commission staff led by Dr. Cheryl Davis, Brittany Chiquata, Joelle Stewart, Zach Manuel, and Jeanette Coates, Kathy Moki Meyer. John McKnight and Amelia Martinez Bankhead for providing technical assistance for tonight's meeting. Secretary Meyer, do you have announcements?
1: Thank you, Chair. This evening's meeting is being held in San Francisco City Hall, one one Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place in room 400. Members of the public can join us in person or participate remotely. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes to speak. People attending in person will be called to speak first, followed by those of you who are attending remotely. Anyone calling in, please mute your phone until asked to speak. Please use the raise hand icon to indicate you would like to participate in public comment.
0: Excellent. Now I will open tonight's meeting with our ancestral acknowledgement. Uh, We honor the gifts, resilience, and sacrifices of our Black ancestors particularly those who toiled the land and built the institutions that established this city's wealth and freedom, despite never being compensated nor fully realizing their own sovereignty. We acknowledge this exploitation of not only labor, but of our humanity, and through this process, are working to repair some of the harms done by public and private actors. Because of their work, we are here, and we will invest in the descendants of their legacy. Now I invite member Landry uh, to read the Ramitush Ohlone land acknowledgement. Thank you, Chair. Uh, we acknowledge that we are on
2: the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramitush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their tradition, the Ramitush Alone's have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well for all people who reside in their ter- traditional territory, as guests, we recognize that we benefit from the living and working of their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestral elders, relatives of the Raymond-Tush community, and by affirming their sovereign
0: rights as first peoples. Thank you very much, Mr. Landry. Secretary Mookie Meyer, please call the next item.
1: Item number one is call to order and committee roll call. I'll announce members' names, and they all announce that they are present. And I just want to remind everyone that um, uh, in public meetings that are in hybrid style, um, the only members who can vote are members who are attending in person. And that is how we uh, announce quorum. James Lance Taylor, present Tanish Hollins is on her way. Chair Eric McDonald, present Reverend Dr. Amos Brown, present Rico Hamilton, Nicole Cunningham, present Gloria Berry, present Daniel Landry, present Tiffany Carter, present. Gwendo- oh, Thank you. Gwendolyn Brown, Anita Ekinem. Star Williams, present. Shaquille O'Kane, Letitia Irving, Freddie Martin. Okay. We do not have quorums. So the meeting can open up. We just will not take action items. There is only one action item on this agenda. That is the meeting minutes from June. the special meeting on June 5th and June 12th. And that is item number seven.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh want to remind everyone uh, attending this evening's Meeting that public comments should be related to specific agenda items being discussed uh, and fall under the purview of this advisory committee. Um, Committee secretary has been directed to ask commenters to stay on topic one time, and then uh, we will need to cut the microphone if necessary. Um, Those providing public testimony should address their remarks to the committee as a whole, not to individual committee members or department personnel. If you're attending in person and would like to provide public testimony, um, please fill out a speaker card located on the table where the meeting documents are displayed. Thank you so much for your cooperation in that regard. Uh, with that, Secretary McMayor, please call next item.
1: Item number two is update on the city and county of San Francisco establishing an office of reparations. This is a discussion item. Um, This is an update about the City and County of San Francisco budget allocation to establish an Office of Reparations in the 2023-2025 budget. There will be a presentation um, by Chair Eric McDonald of the African American Reparations Advisory Committee, Vice Chair Tanish Hollins with the African American Reparations Advisory Committee, Dr. Cheryl Evans-Davis, Executive Director of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission, and um, Supervisor Shimon Walton, representing District 10 for the City and County of San Francisco.
0: Thank you so much, uh, members. We're pleased to have tonight with us our Champion on the Board of Supervisors who sponsored the legislation that created our committee uh, and to open this evening's meeting uh, on this item. Please welcome uh, Supervisor Walton.
3: Thank you so much, Chair McDonald. Can everybody hear me? Yes, sir. Well, one, just want to thank you for the invitation to be here tonight. And I really just want to start off by saying, thank you, thank you, thank you to this entire committee. You have worked tirelessly and really been committed and dedicated to making sure you looked at all the harm of Black folks here in San Francisco. And you came with a well thought out and a well-intentioned report that demonstrates the harm, but not only does that, but also really outlines the types of recommendations that will allow us to be able to achieve, achieve some form of equity here in San Francisco for Black people. So I wanna thank all of you for that tireless work. You've done it under threats, you've done it where you've all received racial discrimination, where people have either sent you emails or or called you and said some things that, of course, were not only unpleasant, but most certainly very racially um, charged. And so I want to thank you all for being able to work through that and for for doing it in a manner where you stayed professional and where everybody really focused on what was at hand. And that was coming up what a reparations plan for us to look at and for us to work towards getting the resources so that we could be successful in achieving reparations here in San Francisco. All of you showed up and showed out to make this happen. So I just really want to show my appreciation as the supervisor, of course, who took the lead on the legislation, but most certainly you all have done the heavy lifting. So I wanna thank this entire task force I want to thank, of course, the Human Rights Commission and the team over there. All of you have really been the champions of making sure that we are one step closer to, to achieving some form of reparations here in San Francisco. Uh, we, as you know, I did try to fight for a bigger chunk of resources going into this budget season. We were not successful in the original ask, but we were most certainly successful and receiving $4 million over two years to set up the Office of Reparations so that we can, of course, continue the work of this committee. Also look at all of the recommendations and work towards finding the resources to support those. Uh, We also need to look at setting up a database and setting up something and putting it in place that is going to allow us to identify everyone who is eligible under the criteria that this task force has put together. So I just want you all to know that we got a lot of work ahead of us still. Um, I've already been, uh, there's already been, (laughs) uh, someone has filed a complaint against me with the State Ethics Commission, uh, stating that I've been pushing something that I I would benefit from. And so, you know, that's just the first attack. Uh, People are probably gonna try so many different things to stop us from being successful in this fight. Because all of you have been unwavering, because we are resilient as a people, this work is going to continue despite whatever weapons are are put up against us. And so just want to thank you all again for your continued commitment. We are in this fight together. And I am am proud of the fact that we are going to have dedicated resources to set up the Office of Reparations uh, because that. Codifies the work of the committee, and also the fact that this is something that we're we're working to make sure is indoctrinated in, into the fabric of San Francisco. So we were gonna we we're gonna continue the work. But just really want to come on here tonight to say thank you so much to all of you, and let you know how proud I am of the task force, how proud I am of the work with the Human Rights Commission, and how proud I am of, of our community as Black people, as Black San Francisco, as we continue to push reparations. So thank all of you. Uh, Thank you, Chair McDonald, for giving me the opportunity to address the the task force this evening.
0: Thank you, Supervisor Walton. We, again, appreciate uh, and are grateful for your leadership. And certainly, um, as we continue this, as you said, fight um, to ensure that um, uh, our Black San Franciscans receive the reparations that Um, they are due. So we really, really, really appreciate you and your leadership around that. So, and certainly thank you for pausing. And what I know is a busy schedule um, to be with us this evening. Um, With that, we're also pleased to have Director of the Human Rights Commission, um, Dr. Cheryl Davis. Uh, And so I want to, as I say, pass the mic to her um, to offer comments this evening. Thank you.
4: Good evening. I just wanna echo what what Supervisor Walton said, just first and foremost, wanna thank the the committee members just for the hard work, the dedication, um, the consistency, but more than anything, the persistence, um, especially in those times and those moments when uh, it seemed most difficult. I think, um, you know, Supervisor Walton laid out some of the things that, would potentially be used for the funds that um, are going through that process. Ultimately, there will be uh, conversations I will have to have with the city attorney and the uh, deputy city attorney that would be assigned to this. I would say initially the request would be to make sure that there is somebody in the city attorney's office that is dedicated to this, like not split between departments. As Supervisor Walton mentioned, we have already been um, threatened with lawsuits if this was to go through. There is already um, for other programs that are race-based lawsuits pending. And so um, we would need to work very closely with the city attorney's office. Uh, The other pieces around the database, around data collection, and then also um, making sure that there is staffing, because as you all know, there was no um we leveraged HRC staff but there was not specific staff to support this at the magnitude that it probably deserved so ultimately at this point I think the first thing is the budget being signed and that being official that it's actually in there the next piece after that would be talking with the mayor's office and the controller's office and the budget office and the city attorney's office on what we can actually do um I think you know um Uh, chair uh, uh, has the chair has asked specifically around putting funding in specifically to support PR communications um, some of those things that we really kind of took for granted on the front end of this work Uh, the other piece is I, I would say this is again, trying to navigate and balance the reality of this being very different than some other places which have both a private and public partnership where the private partners can do things that the city side cannot. I think some piece of this initially should be to go out to get money to seed or to support the private side of this so that you can have more freedom to do things that um, the city would maybe not be able to do or not be able to do as quickly or as smoothly as you all would like to see happen so i think those are some of the initial thoughts that i have um with regards to how to move this forward because um no matter what i may want to do just remember that ultimately i'm the director of a department but a department that reports to uh, a lot of different people in terms of There's money in the budget, but I don't, there's not a bank that I go to and like draw out funds. And so there's a process and a set of systems in place that decide how money moves. Um, So congratulations to you all on just even getting the work done on this first part. And then the next part really is around how do we um, move a very difficult boulder up a hill um, that is, you know, not that's filled with, I would say roadblocks on every, on every step.
0: Thank you, Director Davis. I appreciate you and your leadership as well, helping to navigate those difficult uncharted waters. Um, So we will come back to questions, members. I want to go to public comment first, um, and then we'll come back to discussion and questions that we may have on this particular item of standing up an Office of Reparations here in San Francisco. So with that, um, Secretary Mookie let's go to public comment, please.
1: Are there any of the members of the public attending in person today who would like to comment on um, the city and county of San Francisco establishing an Office of Reparations? Okay, I don't see any members of the public in-person who would like to comment on this item. Are there any members of the public attending remotely who would like to comment on this item? If you would, please use the raised hand icon. You will have two minutes for public comment. Oh, we do have one member of the public in-person
5: approaching. My name is uh, Mohammed Al karim I'm a resident of Bayview Hunters Point. And I just want to... uh, commend y'all for doing what you're doing. But I want to also say that uh, this is a a really precarious situation that black people are going through considering that we got more black officials in the whole United States and they're not working in terms of uh, making this happen. And uh, San Francisco is the only uh, liberal place that they can get uh, uh, gay marriages. I have nothing against gay people. They do what they gonna do. And we can't even get justice for our people. And we just roll over and we just accept what they say. You know? we don't deserve it, we don't have it, and blah, 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 and there's no money, and we have more money for Ukraine, they're not even involved with it, and they send sending weapons over there, and they're bothering China, and all these different places in the world. And uh, it's just that, the, you know, is sitting down on this. We're in the worst situation in this country. We got an 890, I think, a Million dollar deficit, you know, in terms of what China and uh, Singapore has about two hundred million dollars they can pull in, but you're antagonizing the Chinese people in China. Um, It, you know, this this is crazy. It's really crazy. We don't have no well, you got the we only guy, we got Amos Brown. Oh, he's the, the only last.
0: Thank you, sir. The, thank, thank you. Your time is
5: up.
0: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Your your no, time is up, sir.
1: Okay. Um, I do I do see a member of the public who would like to speak who's attending remotely.
0: Your your time is up, sir. But thank you. Your time is up. Your
1: time, your time is your two minutes is up, sir.
0: Correct.
6: Uh, we have
1: four, pe- three people online who are meant to participate in public comment now. I'm sorry. And general public comment. And sir. Yeah, sir, we will have like five other agenda items to talk on, too, sir. Okay, now I'd like to um welcome Donica Carlos.
7: It's Donisha. Um and I have more of questions that I know can't be answered right now, but I'd like to know uh if at some point they can be answered. With the recent um article i saw on instagram last week that the um, the mayor is not really in support of um reparations cash payments so i'd like to know uh what role is she going to play in creating the um reparations uh committee will she have a role um and if she is involved Um, How does the committee feel as far as that becoming an actual committee or group um, considering her statements, uh, comments with regard to not supporting um, cash payments for San Francisco uh, Black residents? Thank
0: you. Thank you Danisha thank um, you as we just just before we go to the next uh, comment I just want to remind um, the public testimony and comments should be on the agenda item we're on and right now uh, item two is on the um, establishing of an office of reparations. Um, there's also so public comment should be again aligned with the item we're on. There is a general public comment um, for things that are not agendized. That that's a, a a separate opportunity to speak on things that are not agendized. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Chair. Now I'd welcome Trina Seymour. Oh, Trina's hand disappeared. Now I welcome Alicia Mayo.
6: Well, good evening, everyone. Good evening to the task force. Thank you uh, to um, Supervisor Walton and Director Davis. I wanted to ask about the timeline of the um, establishing the department and what um, we should all expect to be happening over the next couple of months or next couple of years. Could you just um, share a general idea about the timeline? And then the other question I had is regarding the lawsuits that you have mentioned and how they might affect or hold up the process. Will they affect the process at all? Um, That's it, thank you.
1: Thank you. Now I would like to um, welcome Marquis Mohammed.
8: Yes, hello. Can you hear me now?
1: Yes, thank you.
8: Thank you. Yeah, in regard to, first of all, thank you. In regard to, uh, you know, setting up <clears throat> this uh, bureau, when we're dealing with a cash, um, you know, they say it's $60 million, I believe, to set up this, uh, you know, to set it up. And the murmuring is we don't have the money, we're in a deficit, et cetera. But when I look at all what the city is spending their money, we're spending money on, you know, people that's escorting people, you know, showing them where the best places to eat. They call them ambassadors, you know, and nobody's following the money trail. $40 million for them plus, you know, so we're talking about, you know, reparations here. So $60 million, you know, don't tell me that the city doesn't have money when you just gave the police a 9%. Increase twenty-four million for just overtime, so the money is there. To be quite frank, there's what they're saying is that they don't want to spend the money on us, on having our own department for this for the reparation. So that's what they that's that's what they're saying. And I'm saying I'm saying that we got to hold these people accountable. If they're not gonna do it, we we got to hold our votes and get the people that's in office that will support the reparations movement and a bureau of reparations. So don't tell me that we don't have the money when the money is there. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Now I'd like to welcome Alyssa Jones-Garner.
9: Good evening. Um, and thank you so many for all your hard work and Supervisor Walton as well for being an advocate for the creation of this office. Um, I wanted to make one correction to the last speaker. Um SFPD got a nineteen percent increase in their budget. Nineteen um when you have workers in other unions who can barely scrape together a percentage and who are doing the majority of the social services and human services work in the city. and a lot of those are our people in lower wage positions. Um one thing that I would like considered for this office, um there are, hundreds if not thousands of black workers that currently work for the city and county of San Francisco who are actively being harassed in their current work sites. If they could be considered for reassignment into this department where they would have a clean slate, could be working on something Mm -hmm. that actively benefit their community, I would greatly appreciate that. And I know that they would too. And I would also like to ask that someone from labor be present on this committee as well, because there is a lot of systemic racism that is happening within the labor movement um, for people that are advocating in labor management committees. And it would provide a lot more insight and information into what's going on in the inner workings and just how deeply systemic racism is actively running in this city.
1: thank you um now i'd like to welcome larry martin
3: yes can
10: you hear me hello yes yes, yes i can. just i just want to i just want to mention something something that was triggered something that uh the sister mentioned about um the barriers, the obstacles. I think it's important that we, we as Black people, um, find out um, what individuals or what organizations that's that's in the way, that's that's a barrier. I think it's important. So we so we know what, so we know what and how to deal with these people or 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 things or these roadblocks. You know what I'm saying? Because I think, I understand that it's going to be a lot of people against us, but it's it's better for us to be aware and to find out who are they or, or what are they, you know what I'm saying? So we'd be in a better position to deal with them accordingly, you know what I'm saying? So hopefully we can get together and um, come up with a game plan and deal with these barriers or obstacles or people that's in our way or... Keeping, keeping us from making progress in this, in this uh, endeavor. Thanks for letting me share.
1: Thank you. I'd like to welcome Jeffrey Greer.
8: You hear me?
11: Yes.
12: Hello. Okay. Uh, well, I first wanna thank everybody for all their hard work and effort. And I think that it's uh, a great thing,
13: um, although, me, an office implies a long, 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 drawn-out conversation discussing what we've already discussed. So uh, while it's nice, I, I think it's just another distraction, quite frankly, on my part. My part. And I draw that by saying, let's look at Tulsa.
14: They just found these three
13: folks, all of them 100 years old. 100 years old, personal witnesses, and they can't get a dime. So think about what they're going to do for y'all. That is all.
1: Thank you, sir. Are there any other members of the public who would like to comment on establishing an office of reparations? Please use the raise hand icon. Okay, Chair McDonald. I think public comment is closed on this item.
0: Thank you. Seeing none, public comment is closed on this item. Members, um, Member Barry, and then Member who's Carter. Issue. Okay, Member Barry.
15: Thank you, Chair. Um, first, I believe Supervisor Walton is still on. I'm not sure, but either him or Director Davis, if they could give us a little bit more insight on the process if the budget is passed in august on august or by august 1st to include the director of reparations position um how would that hiring go and also if that person in that position will be vetted by this body i believe that the community deserves someone that will be a transparent person to the community, a not a known sellout and an articulate pit bull that will fight for all the recommendations and not just ones that folks on the inside prefer, but all of them. And um, I also would like to ask if HRC staff could get us all pages in print of these reports we have in our binders about 75 pages. On the table, there's pages like 100 to 200, but not. it's not all together, it's mixed up. So if we could get the whole package in print so that we can have them in our hands. And then um, I guess um, Director Davis is probably gonna answer my first question And then I had a comment on uh, something Supervisor Walton said. Um, Okay, so I'll start with the latter first. The we're in the
4: process of getting the reports printed. We'll have 150 on hand. Um, You know, it is a pretty substantial cost to have. We initially had asked for 500, but it was the cost, I would rather we do 150 in print as needed moving forward, Um, and hopefully that'll be available within the next um, few days. Today is Monday, Um, so hopefully by the end of the week we'll be able to get that to you. Please just let, um, Kathy will be out, so please just let Joelle know so that we can know whether you want us to mail it or whether you want to pick it up, Uh, so that's on that one. With regards to the process, The budget will be uh, officially signed sometime before August. Um, Even then the way that the city works. uh, First and foremost, there was not there were not positions put in during the budget process, just funding for the office of reparations. So there are several different steps that have to happen. But even if a position had been put into the budget itself it's not, we can't actually do the hiring process till October. And so as folks know the hiring process in and of itself within the city and county of San Francisco, for those who don't know, can take anywhere from 30 days to six months. So um, we can't even start the process, whether we have the money approved or whether there's a position, the way that it would work now is that um, the budget will be approved before August. Typically, um, City Hall, as we kind of refer to it, is on break during the month of August. Most of the supervisors are taking their time and everybody's catching up and finishing the process of the budget that has been approved, now going through the process of moving the money to where it belongs, creating the codes and doing all of that. So we wouldn't be able to even start conversation, I would say, theoretically, till September. When that happens, I would have to start with... Um, the controller's office about like what are the do's and don'ts or what's allowable in terms of the budget, in terms of fiscal responsibility. I would then have to have a conversation with the um, the city attorney's office about what they would approve or not prove. So I don't know if folks know that as we move through the process of grant making or creating things, we have to have the city attorney sign off on it. So I would want to do all that due diligence before I would even go and talk to um, folks in the mayor's office about what it is that we propose. So there are, um, I think for me, three pathways um, that are for lack of a better phrase of the least resistance. One is the pieces that I need to do in order to actually set up the infrastructure for the office of reparations. One is the ability to um, do an RFP or put money out that can actually get to community to do some of the things that folks want in terms of, You know, they told me to be really mindful of what I say on the, but, but how we put the power back into the community's hands and that, you know, in all honesty is not going to be from the seat of um, the Human Rights Commission or um, the mayor's office or the supervisor's office because the, road, the protocol here is you go through the bureaucrats to decide how things move, right? So um, one is to get the infrastructure. One is to think about like, what are the ways that we can put an RFP out that has um, the creation of a body that is community that can move in a very different way and move funds in a different way and engage and have conversations uh, in a different way. And then lastly would be, um, the last piece would be around what are the things from the recommendations that have been put forward that we can actually move while we are in the process. So those are the three things that I would say would be the process. Come September 1st, I would start talking with um, the systems leaders around like how we actually build the infrastructure before I would go and talk to the mayor. One would be to work with the city attorney's office on the RFP that we could put out for community to be able to engage and support some of the work. And then lastly would just be um, around what are the things that are in the recommendations that we could move without um, the formal structure because I do not believe that the formal structure sure, just given, um, you know, it took us two years for some other programs, whether it's Opportunities for All or Sharp or Dream Keeper Initiative to actually fully get staffed. And some of those still are waiting for staffing.
15: Thank you, Director Davis. And I've just encouraged that since this body does not sunset till January, that we would be included in the vetting process of anybody hired since we are uh, very close and dear to this work and we did a lot of the grinding and the the verbiage and the the spirit of a lot of what this report does um say. So I hope that we oh my God, my phone is recording this. But anyway. Um
4: well just through the chair, I would say um You know, while it is the intention of, it's my intention while Brittany, as many people know, will be out, that I will be the person that will be engaging with this body moving forward and be the liaison, the point of contact. And one of the things that I hope will happen over the next few months is that as we do that, that we'll have a more um, collaborative working relationship to move this work forward. And the other thing that I would ask is... um, you know that we really be intentional about who and how we engage so whether that is going to some of the public housing sites for folks going to some of the senior housing sites for folks that have been here for decades already that may not understand and know what's going on and making sure to engage with them. And I would say, you know, as we think about what um, that office would look like, what are the staffing pieces that folks would like to see have what folks would like to see in that office and you um, I just, I want to keep stressing this because it is a, it is a challenging thing to do the work in city government and to do it in a way that moves the work without being called a sellout, right? So some folks are navigating and compromising and negotiating and probably getting beat up on the inside and the outside. And so I just want to be mindful that, um, as much as we may want to get somebody that is extremely radical, it, it will be a miserable thing for them to come in and have to be told that they can't do, like we can't move contracts, we can't move RFPs, we can't do hiring, like it isn't it isn't within the department. So we have to figure out who can come in and be able to work with the folks who actually sign off on some of that. So I would just say like there is um, there are rules that unfortunately, Even if we want to break them, we can't because we don't have the full access and power. So making sure that we don't set people up to um, for heartbreak and for mental trauma by asking them to do things they can't.
15: Okay, thank you, Director Davis. Um, My other. I had just a comment for um, Supervisor Walton when he stated that and my phone just went into recording everything that I said and blocked out my comment. But he said something to the effect of, oh, that he would benefit from reparations and that that's wrong for him to fight for. But I think that's a disgusting thing that he was told that because um, when other communities fight for things that they just think their community deserves no one says that to them. No one says uh, you'll benefit from it, so you can't even present that. Only our community gets told rude comments like that. And I remember when we first um, asked for the fifty million dollars for the office. I remember Supervisor Chan, the chair of the super of the excuse me budget committee, stated that she knows the hard work it takes to fight for her community and no one batted an eye when she said that. So I hope that that's not the um, sentiment that naysayers are writing on. And then I had another, sorry, a question for Director Davis, I'm so sorry. Um, Would it be possible for, since we do still exist till January, that there be some type of collaboration with your office on what you mentioned as private possible um, funding and that, because a lot of us were put in these seats because we qualified to the harm, but we're not qualified, have a capacity on how do you get in-kind gifts and have knowledge of any of that work. So would there be someone from your office that either someone on this body or even myself could sit down with and maybe we can start um, speaking with these corporations here that need to be good neighbors?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I, um, I look forward to really working with this body on the next leg of this this race, because um, I do think it's going to be a, a marathon of sorts. Um, I think that there are a couple of different things. We had a conversation in a different aspect with folks from GoFundMe, which I don't know, folks, and I'll share the link, that they have a whole Invest in Black Joy campaign where they've been encouraging people to leverage that platform and to understand how it can be used. I think that um, the work that you all did around the ordinance and trying to think about ways to get people until such time that the ordinance is changed, but to voluntarily give more money into that that place in that space. Um, I know that we feel, you know, strongly about how this body will move as opposed to other groups, but I would say that from Evanston, what has been, um, a good model is the relationship that they have with philanthropy to be able to collect the dollars and that philanthropy actually hosts workshops and meetings for them to share information and encourage people to give in that way. So I have, um, had conversations again separate from reparations but where I'd like to pull in for the 100 million dollar freedom fund that's face, that's doing work in California the folks that are leading that work the so San Francisco Foundation East Bay Community Foundation Sierra Health Foundation would all love to do regional approaches because as we all know so many folks have been pushed outside of San Francisco and are commuting from you know, Stockton, Sacramento and other places that are from here. And so a lot of the philanthropic organizations also want to seed a fund or support things. And then figuring out who wants to just on the surface before being asked to maybe not give as much as we'd like to see, but at least seed something to be able to support that work. I think that there is space to leverage Um, again, at the direction of the chair in this body, but I do think there there are opportunities to engage and maybe use some of the remaining meetings to be very focused on how do you build up the work so that you are not going to be stymied by um, the length of time that it takes us to move anything within city government.
15: Thank you so much, Director Davis. And thank you for your office, for doing all the hard work you did with our body. And
4: And I'm sorry, and I just did want to thank, recognize Kathy, Zach, Jewel, Brittany, and the folks who have, um, they have a, a, well, I will say where I was like, I can't do it. They did. So I just want to recognize and appreciate them for their consistency and their um, just passion to, to really be in space and place and for you all, for your graciousness and um, working with the
15: team. Thank you. And thank you to Supervisor Walton. and Thank you, Chair.
0: Thank you, Member Barry. Um, I, I hear you sorry, just other people got their hands out coming back to you, I promise. Uh, okay, so let's go uh, Member Williams, and it's great to see her in person, uh, home from school, school breaks. We appreciate that. And then I, I do see online we have Member Carter and Member Cunningham. So please, Member Williams.
16: Um, Director Davis, I specifically have a question for you. Um, sorry, Director. Sorry, Davis. going back and forth. <laughs>
4: Sorry, and I just want to apologize. I'm dealing with, I mean, uh, Eric may, Chair McDonald may know this, my son's grandmother passed recently. So I'm just dealing with some stuff with him. So sorry for being on the phone.
16: Um, so I know you mentioned that having like HRC employees to like have interest in going to the office of reparations, but also another somebody from the public saying that um, people from different departments can go to the office of reparations, but is there um, enough money for people that's like outside city City, um, the city departments to apply for the Office of Reparations when it established? Um, so just to
4: be clear, I, I don't think that we've made a determination on what positions would be in the Office of Reparations. And I definitely have not made any um, inclinations around anyone from the HRC moving into that space. This is where I do agree with the um, the comments that member Barry made is, that talked about like that process. Um, I think that that needs to be someone that can definitely engage and work with community and has the respect of community, but also has the ability to um, navigate the system and um, is ready to really dedicate all of that time to, to that. And so um, with that regard, I think the challenge is it's probably easier to move somebody who already works in city government to that position doesn't mean that they're necessarily the right person. And I think the the other challenge is that, um, you know, how long <laughs> hiring, which uh, I think uh, somebody made in public comment is a challenge. Uh, to be able to get hired onto the city and county of San Francisco. If you want someone to have a job that is not a temporary job that goes away within three years that um, you think is paying enough for them to actually be able to live in San Francisco proper and not San Francisco, which is really, you know, another city and county outside. Um, So, figuring out how we support that person, but then the classifications matter, the testing to get into that class, like there are all these different layers that we would really have to, you all would have to say to me what it is that you would like to see in, those, um, off- in that office. And then I would have to work with DHR to make sure Department of Human Resources to make sure that we don't have barriers that make it hard for the person that we may want in that position to apply. So I don't think that for me, it's not a it's not a done deal. Like it's not something i thought about because again, um, somebody would have to wait maybe six months before they could even get the job.
16: Okay, thank you. I also have like a comment. Since Opportunities for All is like a big program and it usually doesn't have a lot of internships under the city and county. Um, I hope that they have more internship for youth um, under the Office of Reparations.
0: So, thank it's you, Director Davis. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's let's go to Member Carter and then Member Cunningham.
17: Um, yes, yeah, so I just have a quick comment. I would like to echo um, Member Barry in saying that I hope that that our bot, our entire body or those that are interested is definitely a part of the vetting process for the Office of Reparations, and that's it.
0: Thank you, Member Carter. Member Cunningham.
17: Hi, I
18: wanted to uh, just thank everybody for showing up today and thank um, Supervisor um, Walton and also thank you, Director Davis. I too uh, wanted to (laughs) echo uh, Member Barry and also thank you for your comments. So I took my hand down because you answered some of the questions and um, it's really disheartening to hear how careful you have to be with what you're talking about and everything just happens to be about Black people and we can't do things and things like that. So the main goal is to get somebody in there who can get some stuff done and not just a person, but everyone who's hired to actually get things done. We have many, many recommendations and the things that can be done should be done. And the pushback um, for Black people um, is just, you know, it's ridiculous across the country that the pushback for us to have anything like we're the ones who are always at the bottom. Anytime we're trying to do anything to try to get anywhere, there's problems. So I'm just hoping and I I, I appreciate you, Dr. Davis, um, on many, many levels for your integrity and to work in this um, alligator, <laughs> this type of situation and to do your best to thrive. And so just know that we uh, we are desperately wanting to have a seat at the table as interviews come up or as we draft what this um the any of these positions are going to look like so that we can actually get some stuff done. This has been, you know, a trying couple of years, and trying life's, lifestyles for us as Black people in this country. So, you know, we absolutely need to make sure that this work was not done in vain. So, Tits my hat off to you. Thank you for HRC's team. Y'all show up. You know, thank you to the Reparations Committee. Y'all are showing up. We are showing up. This is not in vain, and uh, we don't want to lose any momentum. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Member Cunningham. Reverend Brown.
13: Mr. Chairman, <laughs> members of Joshua, I I. I hope we all know what time it is in this nation, in this state, and in this city. I don't mean to sound pessimistic, but I'm realistic. What that Supreme Court did the other day, I've been saying a long time, is coming. But in terms of our having a disciplined, crackerjack, dynamite movement, we am headed. We can make all the demands that we want. We have the right, the freedom to do that. But we got to have more duolulia and less hallelujah and commentary. Secondly, it should be noticed that with all of these billionaires in San Francisco, we said from day one that there ought to be a reparations fund independent of bureaucratic government. They will tell you where our friends are. Finally, look around. What groups other than, other than the Japanese, Jewish community have come out boldly supporting us reparations from this city. Can anybody tell me a whole list of an army? No. So again, as we go forward together, we got to go forward united and strategically moving to bring about the day that we are deserving of. And that's equality of opportunity. And these people really being called out for who they are. There are some good people, obviously. But for the most part, as Langston Hughes said in his little ditty, I swear to the Lord, I still can't see why democracy means everybody but me. And it's going to be a but me situation unless we get more of us and more allies to really show enough, actually, say I'm supporting reparations.
0: Thank you, Reverend Brown. Uh, other members, any, uh, any additional questions for Director Davis, or comments on this item, establishing the Office of Reparations? Um, Seeing none, let me just, uh, one, thank you again, Director Davis, for your commitment to partnering with us as we go forward. Um, I look forward to the opportunity. I will. I agree with you in terms of um, uh, agendizing time for us um, to do that planning, both in terms of the office, but also what comes out of the office, um, some of which, as you alluded to, I would agree, we can begin to do and enable even as the infrastructure is being built, and that we not wait until um, all of that is done. Also, wanted to just comment that there's absolutely an opportunity, I believe, to. <clears throat> engage both philanthropy and um, the corporate sector in this work, um, both in terms of standing up a fund and also beginning to um, have resources invested in, again, some of the infrastructure and capacity that we want to see built and established. So I, too, look forward to um, how we build that together as a committee, and some of which we'll talk a little bit about when we get to um, item number five on tonight's agenda. So I'll pause there. Director Davis, again, thank you so much uh, for your leadership. And with that, we will close this item. Thank you so much. Let's, uh, Secretary Mokie Meyer, move to item number
1: three. For, for the record, I want to note that Vice Chair Hollins and a member uh, Irving are here and thank uh, you. present at the meeting. Um, item number three, updates on the San Francisco reparations plan submitted by the African American Reparations Advisory Committee. This is a discussion item in compliance with Ordinance 5259 20 titled Ordinance Amending the Administrative Code to Establish the African American Reparations Advisory Committee. The San Francisco Reparations Plan was submitted to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, Office of Mayor London N. Breed, and the San Francisco Human Rights Commission on July 7, 2023. This will be a presentation by Eric McDonald, Chair of the African American Reparations Advisory Committee, Tanish Hollins, Vice Chair of the African American okay. Reparations Advisory Committee, uh, Cheryl Evans Davis, uh, Executive Director, San Francisco Human Rights Commission, and Brittany Chiquata, Director of the Economic Rights Division of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission. There will be public comment on this item.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, So before (laughs) I welcome back Director Davis, Um, let me take the opportunity to do a couple of things by way of acknowledgments. Um the, as was just articulated, um, the final reparations plan was submitted uh, on Friday uh, afternoon. Um, and it was the result, as we've referenced, but I want to be specific and name it. It was the result of a lot of hard work um, uh, on the part of the committee members. Uh, on the part of the engaged community um, in and through our subcommittees and and all of our outreach, um, and certainly on the part of the HRC staff um, that, as Director Davis pointed out, um, stepped into roles that were not theirs. Uh, And so I just wanted to begin by thanking, acknowledging all of that incredible hard work and the hours uh, of labor excuse me, um, that went into the production of the final report. Also want to call out and name um, our subcommittee chairs because so much of the work um, took place in the context of the subcommittees. And so Reverend Brown and health uh, supported by uh, member Irving, um, member Barry in education, uh, member Landry in policy, and certainly uh, member Ekenem. In terms of economic empowerment. Um, Again, so much of the heavy labor uh, and work and development of recommendations came out of that, each of those subcommittees. So, again, want to acknowledge each of those leaders. Um, Excuse me. Uh, And then, lastly, I want to thank um, the entire community that has been consistently engaged in this process, whether through the subcommittees uh, and or through each of our monthly meetings, um, at times exceeding hundreds online, we appreciate all of that um, that went into, again, our ability to um, collectively create, craft, shape, and put together um, this substantial report, historic report I would offer um, that we should uh, hopefully all feel good and proud about recognizing we still got much work ahead of us, um, but it's still a moment nonetheless that I would suggest that we pause to appreciate collectively uh, what we've been able to do. Uh, and <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and so, with that, let me call on Director Davis um <clears throat> for her comments.
4: I think I would just echo what you said, Chair McDonald. I want to just give um, special um, gratitude and appreciation for the committee as a whole. But um, if I go down the line, I just first and foremost want to thank you and Vice Chair Hollins because I know that uh, over this the course of this right, like that there have definitely been moments when I'm sure you did not want to talk to me and I'm no, I didn't want to talk to you, um, but that you know you all stayed true to that, and I think that you did um, and admirable job of making sure that the voices of this committee and more importantly, the voices of community that were not at the table were not forgotten. Um, I want to thank the committee leads. Um, Again, just being just tenacious about like the the points i am grateful i haven't read it all yet but i'm grateful i don't think reverend brown put in there that we can't eat fried chicken i know he has strong feelings about health and wellness but hopefully he's let us let us you know continue <laughs> to do that but i think that they were tenacious about the commitments and the understanding around the the things that they prioritize within each group uh and challenged i think that the 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 piece that I'm most grateful for is really challenging us to rethink how we talk about reparations, how we talk about, um, you know, cause Lord knows uh, member Landry was challenging us to th- rethink all the things. And so I just think that the ability to um, be committed to be committed to really not doing things the same way that they have been done. I wanna recognize and thank each and every one of you. So likewise with member Barry, just all the ideas and challenges and the strategies around education um, and being dedicated to saying that the system has not worked and we've been there before. And like, let's let's just really start over again. And um, likewise with member Econym and the commitment and the dedication around that. So I just think that A lot of time and energy went into this work and that, uh, as Professor Taylor has said, regardless to what happens on the other side of this, you have already shifted. You know how they say when you go back in time and you move something or you change it, that things will never be the same. So I think if nothing else, just know that you've done something that has allowed things to never be the same right the way that people look at um the conversations that we've had the way that people think about education the way that people think about policy the way that they think about housing will never be the same because of the work of this body and i think that shift um, that, as they say, ripple in the water. That pebble that is kind of making everything change. I'm just grateful for that, um, you know. And I and I also want to just thank the the team who I think has learned, um, has developed thick skin. Is now better and more willing and able to be in spaces and to really hear without personalizing what it is that community has to say and how to be really mindful of that. Uh, and as I said, I think my initial commitment is to. Um, to go through the document to really pay attention and to see in which way, what are the things that we can really support advancing um, without having to have big shifts. And I and I think you should take heart to know that. Um, I had just a brief passing conversation with the city attorney who felt like many of the things in there were already in a place that we could move things. And so I think that there is um, hope regardless of what the timeline is or the process is to actually see some of these things come to um, fruition, fruition sooner than later. So just thank you all for putting pen to paper or putting thoughts um, on paper in a way that we can actually begin to move and um, transform how people both inside San Francisco but outside San Francisco see the black experience.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Director Davis. All right, so again, let's go to public comment uh, on this item, and then we'll come back for member questions and comments.
1: Are there any other any members of the public attending in person who would like to talk about the report? Please approach the um, podium. Okay, we'll move on to public comment online. I would like to welcome Norma Labat. Okay, I can't hear Norma. Okay, now we will move on to Alicia Mayo.
6: Hello again, everyone. Uh, I have a question regarding report number two. Is it uh, now time for the chair and the vice chair and the other members of the committee um, to join me on my public platform to talk more about the process and all the details in both reports, number one and number two, just wondering if if it's time for me to start asking for those um, public appearances and then um, where can I get the copy? That's it, of report number two. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Are there any members of the public attending either in person or remotely who would like to participate in public comment on this item? Okay, do you see some members of the public attending remotely Dorian Brockington? Yes, um, my name is Dorian Brockington um, and this is for the reparations right This is in regards to the reparation the final report.
10: Yes yes ma'am. well you know I just want to make a like a like a brief comment. I know that um, the sixth Street um, the sixth Street, um rec center is about to be rebuilt, torn down and rebuilt. And I found it to be profound that you give four million dollars for the office, but at some point there's gonna be sand and fertilizer that you spend more money on than reparations for the citizens of your city. I'm I'm just shocked that that that's all the money that you came up with. And I'm I'm sure my um that's a great start, but I know for a fact that that representative is going to be torn down, and, if the, and and the city doesn't have money to fund the reparations mm-hmm. office. Then how? Why is it building? It's about to tear down a
1: park and rebuild it. which sir, is going to cost you, millions. Sir, do you have comments on the report itself? This item. No, no, no.
10: That was just my comment, ma'am.
1: Okay, we will have an item called general public comment on items not on the agenda, and that would oh. definitely be an appropriate place to talk a little bit more about this issue thank you thank you very much my apologies um now i'd like to welcome i do see norma labat's um hand raised again let's see if we can hear norma's audio
17: this is norma labat can you hear me
1: Yes. Thank you. Uh, okay.
17: The question that I have for the board, as you talked about, I thought you mentioned that uh, they're going to sue you for reparations. But the thing is, I I'm asking this question: What is the difference between reparation, treaty, and pre, um, and appropriation? They uh, the U.S. government has gave as um, gave out treaties to the American Indians, and then uh, they have gave out a, a and also the state has given out money for appropriations, and that is for people who have received harm between the U.S. government and the state. And so reparations is only a name. And so why are they suing you? That's the question I have.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, are there any other members of the public who would like to comment on the report itself? I do see a member in person who would like to comment.
19: Hello, good evening. Thank you. I just want to start with gratitude for the entire uh, committee and the panel and all of the tremendous work that has been done. It is um, you know, just unbelievable the amount of effort and commitment, and the final product is, uh, very eloquent, and I think it substantiates and kind of speaks for itself. And so, furthermore, I just want to highlight for the public record. And once again, my name is Ryan Drakeley. I'm a, a born and raised San Franciscan. I want to highlight for the record that the position that that we are in, the position that this committee is in, right, is is untenable. It's ridiculous that we are in a circular reference of substantiating and providing evidence and, you know, research to, uh, you know, make a case essentially for this reparations, right? And then to then be asked to have to substantiate, once again, just to provide funding for an office to further explore and figure out how to operationalize, right, the reparations that are due and owed and that are justified. And once again, back into the reality of San Francisco, which is the challenge of uh, public service and government and to hire people. And so once again, the facts that uh, Director Davis so eloquently laid out in simply the challenge of hiring someone and finding the right candidate who will be able to push things both politically and uh, actually operationally and kind of and make, you know, real change and impact happen. I just want to highlight that for the for the public record, that It's ridiculous. It's untenable. Something has to change. We need a lightning bolt of action. I admire what Member Brown highlighted in terms of trying to go out and find allies uh, from whether it's philanthropic uh, sources or corporate sources. We need every partner we can get. So for all that are listening, all the allies who claim to be in San Francisco, all the other groups who get support from the Black community, the African-American community.
1: Thank thank you. Your public comment is over. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Um, are there any other members of the public who would like to comment on this item?
4: Just to say to you today,
1: um, I'm Claire Rankins, lived in San Francisco since
20: 1962. My question is, since everyone is filing a lawsuit against you or us, how come you can't file a counter lawsuit? What's the problem with that? Is there a problem with you filing a counter lawsuit? I guess not. We need to look into that because this is a serious thing here and I'm getting very angry with it. I, I've, I've been through too much here in San Francisco. I'm tired of everything I'm just looking at and I believe you just need to file a law. lawsuit. Simple as that.
1: Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to participate in public comment on this item? Okay, Chair. No members of the public online are raising their hands.
0: Thank you. Seeing none, public comment, is then closed. Members, um, any additional uh, comments or questions? Anyone other than Member Barrett? I'm just kidding. Member, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's quick on the trigger. <laughs> Member Barry, please.
15: Thank you, Chair.
0: <laughs> um,
15: I. The process to do the final report was very difficult this time around in comparison to the draft report. It was very stressful and um, I, I really wanna thank the folks in the Human Rights Commission who were tasked with doing this report and putting our thoughts and ideas into proper grammar and, um, trying the best way to ca- capitalize what we, um, were trying to our best to articulate. And I just had one question only because there's so many opinions on the difference between dream keepers and reparations. And um, I was given this report, 300 and something pages of it to read while I was in South Africa in the last few days. And I came back cross eyed because I really just wanted to focus on education to make sure that was tight and um, not every other section of other folks' responsibilities. So is DKI anywhere mentioned in reparations? And if not, why not? And then is there an importance to keep them separate? I, I'm just really curious because a lot of people intertwine them. And I know the mayor likes to say she's focused on DKI when asked about reparations as if there cannot be two different Black-funded um, programs like there are in other communities? So I I mean, I will have to
4: um, defer to others because I have not read the whole report. So I can't speak to whether it's listed in the report itself. But with regards to the distinction, I think there are a couple of things and I can never begin to speak for the mayor, but I can say a, a few things. First and foremost, I would say that DKI colors within the lines with regards to um, how this initiative moves forward, right? So it follows the rules of the bureaucracy, Prop 209, of all the things uh, in terms of how it rolls out. It centers Black people. I think that we have been. Um, I'm sorry, my son keeps. Um, we have been. Um, we have been focused on the idea and notion, and so this is what I would offer to this body is that we have learned a lot through the Dream Keeper Initiative that I think can inform reparations in terms of how we repair harm or how we begin to address that. So one example that we've used on numerous occasions is that um, folks may be familiar with the down payment assistance program that the the city and county of San Francisco has. Um, The reports that we were given said that over the course of five years, five total black people went through that program. The Dream Keeper Initiative within six months, over 20 people, 20 black people purchased homes, received half a million dollars in down payment assistance and went through that program. So being very intentional, being very focused and understanding who the target audience is, understanding what the barriers are and saying that we're gonna address them fully made a huge difference in who was able to go through the down payment assistance program. So we've been using that in a way that we do believe that on the the backside can say, like, if we really want to start to be intentional about how we address housing issues or getting Black people into home ownership, there are some lessons learned there. Um, so I, I think we've just, and I would say my interpretation of why um, I think the mayor may point to that is that You know, when we look at what has been discussed and what folks have talked about and how I was going to say how people get dragged, but I was like, like, I need to be not use that language, I guess, in a professional setting, Um, how people get talked about and how they get demonized for the work that they do or what gets celebrated. Right. And so there have been, um, you know, whether it's turning a check cashing store into a business for Black entrepreneurs or whether it is the businesses that we've seen open up along the Third Street corridor or what's happening in um, the OMI or Tenderloin or all these places that no one has, no one as in the media, has celebrated that. And I think she just wants to go back to kind of saying, look, if we actually, and, and again, this is my interpretation, I think she's saying like when we talk about repairing harm, when we talk about investments, like we've done some of that that can actually, without saying it can inform that, I just think she's using that as a point of reference to say we've done some work that is focused on repairing harm but folks are maybe not necessarily um valuing that and that's my interpretation i have not spoken with her but that's how i see it um we have tried to be um i can't speak to why it wouldn't have been mentioned or why it is mentioned in the report i would say that i just really want to make sure that you know the work that so many of you have been fighting for and advocating for for years, if not decades, finally got the investment, and I would hate for it to be lost on a technicality. And so I think we've been really focused on how do we keep our heads down and work with community. Because um, for those who don't know, the Dreamkeeper Initiative is very much community driven. I don't know if folks know that. Last week, I think the Dream Keeper Initiative, Dr. Sai and folks did community office hours to hear directly whether it was having the impact that folks wanted. And so we've been like, how do we actually move this work without a lot of attention and without it getting, the waters getting muddied and then us all of a sudden, because I, look, my biggest fear, and this is why this work is so important, is that with a change of leadership, whether that is London Breed or Shaman Walton, that money will be redirected and that we have to, this is not reparations. So don't count what you're doing with reparations to this money. This is about making an investment that has been promised for a long time that never materialized and that is making an impact but it's led by black folks. And I think it could easily be knocked out. And and, and I think that our concern has been like, how do we make sure that we continue to maybe fly under the radar to make the work continue?
15: Thank you, Director. Um, I definitely have been very impressed by the Dreamkeeper program, and I was wondering if what comes first, chicken or the egg? Like, if it's included, does anyone know if DKI is in our report?
0: When you say included, it is named as a recommendation in terms okay, of Okay, good. Okay, good. Yes.
15: Okay, good. So that's that there. And then my other comment was just that. I just have a need to be transparent that this was very difficult to do this final report. And, um, I'm really thankful to Joelle Stewart who put in a lot of time. I don't know what time it was in this country and where I was at, where me and her tried our best to keep communication going. She was sitting over there. Mm -hmm, there. Okay. Hey. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, um, yeah, just just thank everyone so much this body and all the different personalities including my own and um just <laughs> all of my own personalities. But um, you know, we were put to work together, 15 people to do this and I think we did a great job and I think it could have been a lot worse, you know, when you get 15 people who have to get something done on time. So um, I just wanted to just make it clear to the public that this last drag was very draining and difficult and we did our best. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Member Barry. Uh, Member Irving and then Member Landry.
21: Thank you. I wanted to do a couple of things that is probably just gonna be like the appreciation party that you all will get. Um, But I wanted to first appreciate the community and all of the stakeholders who told their stories over and over again. We continuously ask Black folks to tell about the harms that have happened and to share their experiences and then to share their hopes and dreams. And then it doesn't materialize into what we want it to materialize to. So um, I know that pain and I just want to acknowledge that we did that. Um, all with good intent, but thank you. Thank you for showing up in person. Thank you for all the people who continue to show up online, for all the pushback that we received. Um, we will never make everybody happy, right? That's just not the nature of life. There will never be one solution, especially when we're talking about all the harms that have been borne by um, borne up, uh, by Black folks in this nation, let alone the city, right? Like there's no way that we're ever going to solve for all of that, um, but we tried and really listening to all the voices of the people everywhere. Um, and I think that it was this this body was representative of our community and all the different Blacks. There's no one way of being Black. We don't all think the same. And I think we saw that here, but we also heard that from the comments. And I, as I look through this report, which is lengthy, I hope you see your thoughts in there. I hope you see your ideas. I hope you hear your stories um, and that they were told accurately. I think that they were. Um, and. There may be some that were left out. And for that, we apologize. I apologize um, if we didn't hear some of those voices. Uh, I wanted to, and I think where we didn't hear, I think there was some intentionality on this board, on this um committee, but where we didn't hear, the HRC saw those blind spots. And brought it in and said, what did you think about this? Did you hear that? Here are some other voices. And we may not have agreed with all the voices that came in, but the HRC did a beautiful job. So um, deep appreciation for the hard work of the entire team keeping us on task. Um, reminding us through emails, these text messages we get, the request to show up and then the late hours. And so deep appreciation for that. And the writing of this report, I know that a lot of the legwork was done elsewhere, but we didn't write 400 pages. Like you all did that. So shout out to you and thank you. Um, and then I wanted to really appreciate the chairs, um, both um, Chair McDonald and Vice Chair Hollins, and um, Dr. Davis and uh, Supervisor Walton. and I thank you for it because you all stood in front of this. I didn't get death threats. I got some weird envelopes mailed to my house and to my job and put in this folder, but I didn't get death threats and people yelling at me or being angry at me um, personally and you all took that and stood up in front of it for us so thank you thank you for your hard work and commitment um and for the work that i know that we're going to continue to do so appreciation for being a part of this and for the report that was written and i also think that there are lots of things in here that are easy easy and i hope that when it happens we see it as a win and not really looking at and saying it's not a win because we didn't get exactly everything. It's a lot to ask for. And I think that over time, we will hopefully get it. And I know that we won't get everything because no one's going to ever give Black folks what we deserve. But if we get something and it's because we and it's in response to your voices, then I think that's a win. So I hope you all feel proud. I'm proud and um, hope you feel heard and represented.
0: Thank you, Member Irving, Member Landry, and then Vice Chair Hollins.
2: Thank you, Chair McDonald, and yes, you're going to hear more thank yous from Daniel. I just want to also um, it's is to me is a paramount moment uh, here in the United States because we captured the attention of the world. Um, so I'm I'm just humbled and I'm grateful to be a part of this task force. Thank you, Chair McDonald, uh, Vice Chair Tanisha Hollins, um, this to this advisory task force and the subcommittee leads, Dr. Davis, HRC staff, and, and definitely the community, and last but not least the ancestors, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's humbling to know that in spite of all the opposition, when we released the draft report, when we really got a lot of pushback, um, definitely from the uh, $5 million figure, that we, with, we withstood a lot of pressure, including death threats. And it just really uh, shows that we are serious about reparations. And I think the community, as well as the, uh, the Board of Supervisors and, and even the mayor, when you read this report, you can see that the work was put in and it came out of our heart and it came with good intentions. So we don't have to be apologetic about anything that's in this report. And I just want to also say, um, uh, going back to what uh, Dr. Brown mentioned earlier about allies and support, you know, we have them out there and we just got to reach out to them, whether that comes from an independent body um, in the future, but we in a city, for example, where the golden state warriors is play, right? And I don't think uh, Steph Curry or, you know, all these athletes and definitely in the NBA where the majority of the NBA players are Black players would not support reparations for Black people. But as with anything, you know, it's got to be a right platform. It's got to be a discussion. And we got to know the serious nature of reaching out to the broader community. So again, I, I'm just I'm actually ready to do two more years, but I'm, that's not <laughs> something I should be saying. Right but I'm just ready to go to work again for this other phase and thank all of y'all. I know sometimes I've been kind of hard to deal with. It's just passion. It's never personal. And I have learned from like Dr. Davis and many others. And I I'm, I, I love it, though. Let's keep going. Thank you, y'all. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Member Landry. Appreciate you. I Chair Hollins.
11: This is, um...
0: oh. You hear me? Okay, there
22: we go. Um, there's been a lot that was in my head and in my heart that's already been shared. Um, so I want to echo all the appreciation. I don't think I have enough words for it. It's beyond humbling. Um, probably one of the greatest honors of my lifetime. And I think everyone here can agree with that to have even been a part of this process and conversation, but to lead it, um, is profound. And I know all of us, many of us have been a part of lots of different processes, advisory boards, some of y'all for the first time, this is a big thing to do for a first time. <laughs> so you came out swinging, okay, As school too. Um, but it's incredibly humbling. You know, some of us were here for the out migration report. Some of us were here for the unfinished agenda one and two. Some of us were here um, even before that. Um, But there was something very special and unique about this process. Many of us have been in community and worked with each other and around each other for years, but to be able to do it on this specific body of work together um, just forged a relationship that I think will always continue to be here. And I hope it reflects out into the community. Um, One of the things that I wanted, so there's two things that I wanted to uplift. One is one of the most illuminating things about this process for me Um, has been having conversations about what black people feel they're deserving of. It has been triggering. It has been challenging. It has been heartbreaking. It has been beautiful. It has been inspiring. It has been uplifting. And I don't want that to be lost in this conversation. This conversation about what we are worthy of and deserving of is one that has to continue. The other is that reparations is happening now. It is happening. The mere fact that we've already identified and already had a confirmed by government that there are things that can happen and should happen mean they will happen because we will make them happen. And I appreciate you, Dr. Davis. I appreciate the Dream Keeper Initiative, your entire staff, all the leadership. You know, many of us here will not always be at any given moment on the same side politically. What I never question is whether or not we're committed to seeing Black people live, be happy, be healthy, be whole, and to see this type of harm, all the harms that we've seen repaired. So I am learning to reject this notion in my spirit that we will never see what we deserve because we will. We may not see the full breadth of what we deserve or what the Black community deserves, but as long as we're here, that is our charge. We're going to continue to make sure that that happens. I'm excited about what it means specifically for the next phase of the recommendations in this report. I'm excited about what that means for the Dream People Initiative. And I hope that that compels us to really take the next couple of months thinking about how we be a partner with you all in crafting that. If there are best practices or models for what specific offices can or or should look like, what the structure should be, those are conversations that we should be having now so that we're prepared moving forward into the future. If we're talking about finding leadership, we should be on a search now. Not when the office is funded and not six months after the job description is posted, but those are things that we should be thinking about now. And I'm excited about and inspired by all of the talent um, all of the voices, so many hidden gems that are here in San Francisco that have been here for decades and generations that never had a voice, never had a place to come in and participate in a conversation about the San Francisco that we love and where we wanted to go. So I am um, grateful. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the community and what we're learning Um and I hope y'all take the time to read all 400 pages of this report for y'all come and ask us questions. Also, Siri, Siri is an amazing tool. If you have it, you should Google, you should research, you should, you know, do your due diligence because that way you can participate in supporting the process moving forward. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Vice Chair Hollins. Member Berry.
15: Yes, Chair, Um, I apologize. I forgot to mention, since we are on the subject of the report itself, And um, this is not under outreach, so I know that's the next agenda item, but I request that um, either through me working with HRC or whatnot, when we do get those copies printed, that if we could make a special effort to have a copy that's a checkout item for our navigation centers and for our brothers and sisters, in the justice systems at 850 Bryant and at San Bruno, maybe in their law library where they could check it out and read it. And in the meantime, before this um, body sunsets, that would mean the world to some of us who were previously incarcerated and or homeless to have access.
4: That's a good idea, we can definitely do that.
0: Excellent, thank you. Any other questions or comments from members? Uh, if not, let me just remind us that uh, kind of a next a next step, excuse me, it's actually um, our final agenda item, but let me just say it and mention it here, which is that um, now that each of the bodies, um, powers that be, Mayor's Office, Board of Supervisors, and, and Human Rights Commission have the reports, they will you know, ideally wade through the report determine where action can happen, that which they're willing to uh, invest in or or advocate for or make the necessary shifts around. Uh, we will have a hearing before the committee of the whole of the board on September 19th. And so when we think about the mobilization of allies, I would suggest to us that that is a, a key moment, um, not the only moment, but a key moment uh, of opportunity to have Allies uh, speaking uh, on behalf of this important body of work. Um, With that, uh, we will close this item. Thank you very much. Secretary Mokimar, next item, please.
1: Item number four African American Reparations Advisory Committee Meeting Planning and Community Engagement through January 18, 2024. This is a discussion item. This is time for the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee to discuss meeting content and outreach and engagement through January 18th, 2024, the sunset date established by Ordinance 259-20, presentation by Eric McDonald, Chair, African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, Tanisha Hollins, Vice Chair, African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, and there will be public comment on this item.
0: Thank you very much. So members, what we have is the opportunity to um, think forward. Um, Logistically speaking, we have six, five remaining meetings, um, two of which will take place before the September 19th um, hearing with the full board, uh, and then um, three that follow. And so the purpose of this agenda item is to determine how you want to, again, plan forward in terms Mm -hmm. of utilization first of our time in committee meetings, um, in terms of agenda and priorities, um, and then um, as we will talk about um, related to community engagement, what that plan should look like. An option before us, and um, I don't say this as a proposal as much as just to lift up options that are before us, an option before us is to create a working group of the committee um, that could, for example, hold, plan, um, and then bring kind of the action items to the full body is an option for us to discuss if there is interest and inclination to go in, in that direction. It becomes a body of work, right? That requires time and and, and attention, but that is an option. Um, so that's the that's that's where we are in this moment. Um, before we go to public comment, just want to see if Vice Chair Hollins anything else to add as we think about planning forward.
22: Nothing that hasn't been mentioned at this point.
0: Okay, excellent. So why don't we go to public comment? Uh, And then we will return to committee discussion.
1: Are there any uh, members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on um, the outreach and engagement over the next six months? Are there any members of the public attending remotely? I do see Alicia Mayo. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you.
6: Hello again, everyone. Thank you to the committee, the full committee. Thank you to the HRC staff, Jewel and Zach and all, and Kathy, all the folks behind the scenes, and um, to Dr. Davis uh, for your help with um, helping me build out the capacity of Clarity Media, um, a, a Black owned business that is a part of the Dream Keeper initiative um, that. Uh, is fortunate enough to have the assistance of HRC to help me build out my business and to really make it possible for me to do more of my media outreach and and the work that um, I have gone to school for and that I've worked in the corporate area in, but now as a Black-led, Black-owned media agency, I have opportunities to tell more of our stories. And so I wanna say, Thank you to everyone who's participated with any of the Clarity Media content like my programming that I call Reparations Unlocked. I've read through the entire first report. I'm ready to read through report number two and all, what, 300 pages, um, but I, it would be a lot easier if I had, you know, some of the committee members being able to join me in the conversation so that we can move through uh, the second report and the timeline of the future work and outreach and engagement I'm on board to help with. So let's go.
1: Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to comment on this item? Please use the red sound icon or approach the podium. Okay, Chair, I do not see any members of the public. Thank you.
0: Seeing none, public comment is closed. Uh, we'll go to members. Member Barry.
15: Thank you, Chair. Um, I have a question for you. Do you or does anybody from HRC know if there will be another looping of the Black items by the President of the Board of Supervisors like DKI and um. Uh, reparations report, will that be the same day again like last time? Because that was very confusing.
4: No, it'll be its own um, agendized item. It's a report update on this actual report that you all completed. Wonderful. Thank
15: you.
0: Okay. Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, Members, what is your pleasure with regard to, again, um, think both in terms of agendizing going forward, um, as well as community engagement, um, when we think about, again, the activation both of Black community as well as allies, um, how we should think about approaching that? Member
15: Barry. Well, we asked the question, Chair. So my answer is um I want to be transparent and feel like I did not work hard enough with the faith community, although me and a member of the public have a really detailed um spreadsheet where we can get dates that are still left and any information out to the faith community because we are talking about outreach and planning and mm-hmm. in and how to use these next meetings. So I would love to see more outreach planning all the way till the end and maybe plans after the fact of what could be done as an agenda item. I would also like to see a day of thorough um, planning for the September 19th hearing, as well as maybe more swag and possibly a rally. And a little bit more shopping around to the clubs because, contrary to um, Member Brown, we did have a lot of support from the San Francisco Berniecrats and the actual San Francisco Democratic Party, all the way up to Speaker Pelosi, who voted yes on San Francisco reparations. So, um, continue on our political tour, which I think will be much more time for me than when we were trying to do this report.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much. Is that you, Member Williams? Okay, please.
16: I believe that we should focus more on school conversations, especially in history classes, like world history, U.S. history, mm. U.S. government, because world history is talking about the Cold War and how the Russia basically told the United States, like, how are you promoting democracy, but not for Black people? I feel like, including reparations, conversations, stopping by at classes and talking about reparations in San Francisco it would be important for the Black students in class, but also other students in class that don't understand what reparations is. Also advocate for mo- more social media presence, especially with CBOs. And I know we have a Instagram account or something like that for SF reparations to Since the conversation of reparations is being brought up with um, affirmative action um, being down and also international affairs being more talked about within um, communities and stuff like that. I feel like having a social media presence, like explaining all this um, legislation that we want to pass because it's very difficult to understand. And many people don't understand like um govern how the government works and stuff like that and how they pass stuff so I feel like having those conversations on a social media platform will be able to get to the younger audience like people my age like people all the way up to like 25 and stuff like that even older folks that are on like Facebook and stuff like that so yeah
0: excellent thank you older folks on Facebook
17: <laughs>
0: ouch
21: <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank
0: you for that'. Uh, member Williams uh, member Irving
21: my daughter would appreciate that because I'm called the Facebook mom so I don't know how to do Instagram and Twitter a little bit um while I support the philanthropic and the ally work I just I want us to make sure I think it's important but I want to make sure that Black folks don't get lost again in this, and that we take our focus off of our community and our people, and them really being a part of this process. From they were part from the beginning, but how do we stay in touch with them? Um, and so, in some of that outreach, is like the things that are doable. How do we continuously like show that there are there's movement? Right. So while we're waiting all this process and some of the things that we have to do, what in the report can we start that we've already started, what we can continue to work on that we keep engaging the community and letting them know that it's happening um, so that they don't feel like nothing is happening while we're moving to another arm, which is getting the our allies on board. Um, and then I, I'd really like I know that. I think I remember there was someone in public comment who talked about their age and being an, a senior and that they may not live to see this. And I want to make sure the things that we can do that we're focusing on, uh, that we focus on what we can do for our seniors and our elders and making sure that some of that stuff is happening. Um, the The things that we can push that's in this report that don't require all the approvals and city attorney folks and all those things that we can be doing and that we are going into places where our seniors are and keeping them abreast of what we're doing so that they don't also think this is another failed thing where y'all pulled my voices and did nothing. And so if we can put our focus on our seniors and then those, even if it's just check-ins with community to engage, let's all read the report or hear some progress monitor, some progress monitoring so that we don't lose them. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
2: Thank you. Member Landry. Yes. Well, I think mobilization, you know, Ideally is is something that I, w- I would like to focus on or see us focus on and reaching out to the hip hop community because let's face it, anytime you want to get the word out and get people excited, just like I just seen I just saw a, a Skittles commercial, and you know, they got rappers, dancers, and all this stuff. I mean, who can imagine, right? Everything is hip hop first. So if we and and this is a connection, by the way, that uh simplifies these plans. Because oftentimes when you're talking to our people about these plans, like you was just mentioned, it's very difficult to get them to see that. Look, if you don't read the executive summary, or if you don't go, you know, chapter by chapter, don't expect to really understand, really have the uh, what is that the um, the full scope and understanding of what we're trying to do overall. So I think if we, I, I don't, I don't know about uh, the timeline, but we really need to to make a great attempt to reach the hip-hop community because that's what a majority to a young people are looking for guidance and the social media platform can come hand in hand with that um number two just real quickly about next month being black August right now I know it's not popular sometimes necessarily when we're talking about organizational mobilization right? but th- we need someone else too in our community to carry the baby not and <laughs> maybe I should say it like that but we need these organizations black organizations when i think of like the black firefighters association right or the black or even uh the black police officers association how do we give them some type of marching order so they can reach their exclusive connections that they may have that goes across San Francisco and even abroad so if we can keep them two things in mind I think we will do some justice moving up to September the 19th and lastly I forgot to thank um Supervisor Walton for uh putting this I just wanted to mention that um task force together so um thank you uh Shimon Walton.
0: Thank you Member Landry, Member Barry.
15: Thank you. Through the chair, i like to agree with member Landry on the hip-hop community. Uh, hip-hop Congress actually wrote a song about San Francisco reparations. Director Davis, your name is up in it, and um, a few of our names is up in it. It's really a powerful song, and I think if that song could get put out, that would be um, wonderful. And then also for planning future agenda items, I think think that we maybe can invite some of these departments we were making requests from and see what of these actions could actually be done. For example, the health department, Dr. Colfax, is that his name? Yes. Um, if he's invited back, I believe he was here. I'm not sure if he was. It's, but anyway, if he's invited here. We, we can go over some of these items and, and see what he's capable of doing and what, how much funding he thinks would be required to accomplish some of it, as well as uh, the Board of Education. Um, I know they, they want to partner with the reparations department. Um, what can they commit to on these recommendations? Same with City College San Francisco. They want to Um, partner with the reparations committee. So call some of these departments in that we've asked them to uh, repair some harm and come to a consensus on some of the things they could do, like apologize to, you know, to the black community, those that doesn't cost anything, but um, heart. And those could be some agenda items that we can add. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other thoughts, again, planning forward? Hearing none. So what, what I'm going to suggest. Um, and, um, OK, yes, I see. Thank you. I um, remember Martin, Freddie Martin, please.
23: Thank you. Um, <clears throat> So, in regard to the outreach and uh, the community engagement that needs to continue, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna speak on just a few things because there are some members on the committee that participated in some events and uh, listening sessions, community engagement that um, I uh, co uh, co created with the racial justice group at Glide. And that started actually last year, uh, Glide Memorial Church. Um, but this year we were able to get in the three or four um, community engagement sessions that we had about 250 people from community that prior to that have very limited knowledge or, uh, I guess, access or resource resources in regard to uh, what's what was in at that time the draft reparations, which is now the final um, recommendations. Uh, so I I I just I I want to say, and I know others have done this. There have been other community events, but someone mentioned earlier the faith community. I really think that um, that's uh, an excellent place to get a lot of black people together to find um to find out what's going on and to engage. And I'm just gonna be honest, most of the people in community that uh that participated in these events, whether I was going to their apartment buildings, which I did several of those um organized with like Tenderloin, Tenderloin Neighborhood Development Corporation, there's other uh uh apartment um complexes And buildings that are interested in having that so they're just waiting on standby, but in all of these districts, one thing that is. um, Is sure and common is that there are churches or community centers where people go to, so I think that it has uh, that needs to be utilized in a much larger way. I'm happy to participate if we're going to do another group or a subcommittee that focuses just on that Um, there's. It, it it just it goes a long way. And a lot of people that have come to those, one of the things that attracts them or that they're interested in are the um, the monetary, you know, the monetary benefits, the housing benefits, the things that uh, come out that would ease the financial burdens and the financial stress that a lot of black people have felt from being underpaid and doing, you know, way more work than others. So that's, that's, those are some of the things that um, are really important when it comes to education, that's high on the list for them and their kids. So I feel like there's a level of education that needs to happen. It's only, you know, a couple of months, a few months before um, September 19th, but the mobilization and the activation on like, like uh, others have said today things that are more actionable that we can go and um have you know talking points on or that we can go and educate the community in whatever area um that they're in or that they live in going to them is going to be really important I love the I I, so I I love the ideas of using songs or hip-hop or you know all of that I think I think that's great And I just want to say that everything that everyone has said so far in regard to doing the outreach and community engagement is something that that can happen. And for those who suggested it, I think you are the perfect leader (laughs) to do that or to make that happen. So I feel like this is a point or time where we can concentrate um, on our strengths. But the other thing that I noticed too is that with all of the writing and all of the information that was there, there there are people that just they're not gonna read it. They're not gonna read all of it. So I think there's other creative ways that we need to find. I, I believe earlier on there was a whole, there was someone who was handling outreach for uh from Human Rights Commission. They were handling all the outreach and community engagement. I would like to see those documents utilized because they were, they were good in terms of what direction they were going in and engaging the community. I feel like the people that we are targeting, yes, we should invite them to um to come to the meetings. I don't know if there if if we could have other special meetings where where we do invite these organizations, community centers or churches to actually um, you know, participate in this way, whether it's it's in person, whether it's virtual or whether it's hybrid, I, I feel like that that would really really help. Um, there's a couple of other things that I want to say, but in the interest of time, I'll just say that, you know, it, it's 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 getting closer to September 19th. So whatever we do, we have to do it quick and we have to do it hard. So um, again, I'm willing to support or help In that regard, oh, the other thing I wanted to say was in regard to the allies, and I know there was some some things that came up with the USF presentation um, that I think Professor Taylor had had, uh, helped start up uh, with some students there. With the process that I've had with Glide, since we're talking about allies and reaching out to them, the process that I've had with Glide Memorial Church, Tenderline uh, Neighborhood Development Corporation, it's been multicultural. Now, most of the people who participated or came were black, but it was multicultural. It wasn't just black people talking about it. And the reason I think that's important because what ended up what ended up happening was that the our non-black allies did not take a leadership role. Our non-black allies sat back and supported quietly. Most of the time, they didn't even say anything. It was just setting this up and knowing that this is something that they too feel is long overdue um and that we do need this and we do deserve this. The they're they're, they're on board and they're coming to the meetings when they're invited. They're, you know, speaking on the talking points, but we can't miss that because there's, again, others have said earlier that, you know, there's Jewish people, there's other cultures that have received different types of reparations or treaties or whatnot, and they support what we're doing. So I'm just saying that that was a model that we used there in terms of the entire community. And it was centered and led by Black people. And most of the people who responded were Black. So I, I just I I I can't say enough about going to where people are at. When we want them to get on board, we have to be there where they are. And if that means in their apartment building, in a community room, um, that's one thing I, I can say another good resource are people uh uh buildings, apartment buildings or organizations that have like their own advisory committee or they have their own tenants association or they have other groups that are dedicated to focusing on a lot of the issues that are happening in their specific place or their specific organization or their specific community that that's those are people that we can reach out to um in supporting have holding more listening sessions.
0: Thank you very much, member Martin. Appreciate your thoughts and ideas. So um, let me just ask a question of staff. I don't know if Brittany, I I think, is online, um, but other staff may know. And that is um, we did some outreach uh, over the last, it may have been a month or so, um, but we were asking folks to sign on as an endorsement um, for this work. What I don't know, my question is whether that was both individuals and organizations, and in particular, if it was organizations, is there a um, a list of those that we can get?
22: Hi, Chair McDonnell and committee members, Brittany Chiquata, Economic Rights. Um, so that endorsement form, that Google form was created at the request of members, um, Reverend Brown and member Taylor. And um, the hope was that committee members would circulate it. So we shared that via email with you all. Um, We were not circulating it with organizations. It was for the, the committee's utilization to kind of pitch to other organizations. So we can definitely pull who has signed up so far But um, it was really intended for your utilization, kind of growing off of the statewide Google form, Google endorsement form that was created for the state reparations task force.
0: Excellent. So that would be great to get whatever we did get. Um, And and also just as an opportunity to remind members that um, you have that document and the opportunity to enlist, again, allies that are in your network. Um, however you define your network, um, that is a, if you like literally point and click opportunity to reach out to them and have them um, respond, gives us an opportunity to gather and coalesce um, organizations um, that we can then ask them to be mobilized when, when it's ready, not only the 19th, but other times as well. So if you would please do that. Uh, can, we, can that be distributed to the committee again, please? Of course. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yes, Member <laughs> Hollands.
22: Um I was also wondering,
0: I can never. On, yes.
22: This thing don't like me. Um so in addition to the organization sign-ons, I'm just thinking about with all the community engagement individuals, people who are here and other places that have roots in San Francisco, how do we create a sign on so that we can also continue sending information about where we are in the process and to your point to mobilize individuals in a, in addition to organizations? So just curious as to where that information could be stored or housed, if there's a platform um, that's already being used, or is that something that would have to be a separate effort? Dr. Davis, through the chair,
4: I will just say there are um, several tools that we've used for other partners and groups that we work with. Whether it's the LTF, the Latino Task Force, or Mega Black, where they've used them in the past to push out petitions, but also to sign to sign people up and to be able to continue to share information via newsletters. So there are tools that we have um, available that we can. Um, maybe I can work with Zach to be able to to share and highlight how they work and the body can decide if they would like to use them.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Member Barry.
15: Yes, on the same subject, I was wondering if when we do the hearing in September, if the list of who is in support can be put on top of our report and submitted without it being it within the body of the report.
0: Yes. Yes, we can do that. Excellent. Okay, if there are no other thoughts or ideas.
13: Yes, go ahead, Reverend Brown. I
10: State, know
13: statewide there's a list of, of 310 organizations, but to be more exact, locally here we have the Jewish community, the Japanese community, the Democratic Central um, County Committee, and That's about it. Um, Who's that?
0: Bernie Kratz and the Haight-Ashbury Democratic Club? No. Yeah. Yes, Director Davis.
22: And
4: again, I can work with the team on this, but folks may recall John Osaki from um, mm-hmm. Japanese Community Youth Council, but also as a filmmaker has been doing um, a great deal of work uh, around reparations and advocating for it. We also had some engagement and conversation with um, the Jewish Community Relations Council, who also met with the folks from Evanston, the Jewish synagogue from Evanston. Um, So there are some things that we have been working on that have been a part of Dreamkeeper or Mega Black or other things that we can fold in and support. But those folks have all said that they um, want to know how to do more to support reparations. And so that also includes um, Temple Emanuel and other places. So there's a list of people by proxy that are supportive, but that we've never specifically said, um, sign on or, you know, Mm -hmm. publicly state Mm -hmm. that, that I think Mm -hmm. will, and I know you've done some of that
0: engagement. Right. Right. Excellent. As well as the black and Jewish coalition. There are a few others. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So here's what I'd ask us to do, particularly as it relates to the outreach. Again, each of us are, um, connected to, um, particular and unique networks, right? So, um, taking advantage of, and, um, Director Chiquata is going to rec- recirculate um, the sign-on. If you would please, um, my ask of you would be to, again, leverage your network. Again, however you define your network in your case, right? Where there's faith or it's the, the dem clubs, etc. Uh, if if you would do that. And then um, I will give some thought to, again, how to shape our agendas over the next remaining months to leverage um, what we've talked about tonight. Okay? All right. If nothing else in this item, we will close this item um, please secretary Meyer. next item
1: item number five is a discussion about the african-american reparations advisory committee presentation of the reparations plan to the san francisco board of supervisors committee of the whole this is a discussion item the chair and vice chair will lead this discussion about presenting to the san francisco board of supervisors on september 19 2023 Presentation by Eric McDonald, Chair, African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, Tanish Hollins, Vice Chair, African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, and there will be public comment on this item.
0: Thank you very much. So, members, this is the opportunity again for us to begin to think about how we want to orchestrate, if you will, the September 19th hearing. What we don't know at this point um, is how deeply the report will have been absorbed by uh, board members and whether they'll come into chambers ready for discussions around action or more cursory review of the report. We just don't know. Part of what we, I do want to encourage us to do, and this is, again, one of those um Leveraging our networks and relationships where each of us have them with the board members, board supervisors, um, is to between now and then, um, and I think it's something for allies as well, but really um, engaging their offices to encourage full absorption of the report with an intention of coming um, forward in September to be ready to talk about action versus, again, um, a cursory review of the report, um, which obviously we will be prepared to offer a summary and um, um, as we did with the draft. Um, but ideally, that becomes a space where we're talking about action. So, wanted to see that. Vice um, Chair Hollins, anything else you want to add to, again, how we begin to think about the September 19th hearing? I
22: would just there we go. Um, I would just add that it would be in our best interest to propose some homework to the board and be prescriptive of what we would like them to review in addition to the broader uh, report. Um, There are committees amongst the board. There may be ways that we can divide what we're asking them to focus their attention on based on the committee. Um, we've already named that there's low hanging fruit. It's been acknowledged that there's low hanging fruit. Are there specific things that we can ask them to be considering? Um, my mind is going towards what are the action, what is the homework, and what's the action that we can be pointing toward so that um, it, it's not only a review of what we've completed so far, but that there's a very clear ask and they've had time to prepare for it.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Um, so, again, I want to go to public comment. Uh, on this item, and then return to committee discussion. Some members, as we're listening to public comment, also um, give thought to, uh, in particular, what Vice Chair Hollins just raised in terms of how we might actively engage the Board of Supervisors leading up to uh, in terms of assignments and asks. Please, public comment.
1: Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on the presentation and engagement to participate in the presentation at the Board of Supervisors in September this year. Okay, I do see members of the public attending remotely who would like to comment on this item. Carolyn Gage.
11: Hello.
1: Okay, we can't hear Carolyn's audio, so why don't we go to Alicia Mayo and then try Carolyn Gage again. So, Alicia.
6: Hello again, everyone. I'm still with you. Uh, I want you to be encouraged. Um, I'm I'm right here trying to remain encouraged myself, but on September 19th, um, I would love to hear from the Board of Supervisors about the things that they have done to move all of this forward, you know, between the time that we met last and now, you know, like you're trying to prepare allies to come prepared to talk about how they support reparations and and what their actions have been. I want to hear that from the Board of Supervisors. And then uh, I just want to say that the discrimination was intentional and race-based harm. The repair must be intentional and race-based and um, that's it thank you all i love you all
1: thank you we do have a member of the public in person who would like to comment
19: heather yes i think that um i don't know what the criteria are for um, declaring a state of emergency and that might be perhaps alarmist however i think it might be consideration of Mm. requesting the Board of Supervisors can cons- to consider this a state of emergency, which opens up additional powers, uh, you know, loosens up some of the red tape and allows action to start happening. Uh, there may be a consideration for the ask and great suggestion for all the action towards ask and preparation and homework.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Um, let's try Carolyn Gage again. Okay, we will move on to Denisha Coleman.
17: Hello, can you guys hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, yeah. First and foremost, I just wanted to show my appreciation. You guys have done a, a marvelous job, and I just wanted you guys to take a take a second and pat yourselves on the back. Don't overthink yourselves. Y'all doing so good. Um. Secondly, I just wanted to state um, where I stand with this all. Um, I sit close with the Board of Education as an APAC member, AAPAC, which is the African American uh, Parent Advisory Council, um, and I know, I just wanted to second that um, I heard someone speak on the fact that City College, they have a lots of roles that they want to implement with this, and so does the um, parent, the um African American Parent Advisory Council. So I just wanted to um, say that I heard someone say that, and I just wanted to say I back you with that statement.
1: Thank you. Um, are there any other members? Of, oh, I do see Carolyn Gage's hand raised again. Carolyn, can you uh, speak or unmute yourself? Okay, well, we're unable to hear Carolyn Gage's audio. Are there any other members of the public attending in person or remotely who would like to discuss um, the presentation on September 19th to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors? Okay, I see none, Chair.
0: Seeing none, public comment and closed. Okay, members. Member Barry.
15: Thank you, Chair. You did refer to approaching the board members prior to the September meeting. I wanted to also include that we need to still be approaching them prior to next Tuesday's meeting when they make the vote on the budget because it just passed through the budget committee, but not the full board as of yet. So there's still some rallying needed to be done for that. Otherwise, for the September 19th meeting, I would like to highly recommend that we do promote a rally again, like we did Mm -hmm. last time. I think it was beautiful. Amazing. Um, Some of the most biggest, the biggest crowd, you know, I've seen in a while for something for the black community. And also that HRC work with committee members more on handing out material because there was a delay in that at the last meeting and a lot of people didn't have reparations talking points and some people did but it was in their swag bag and they didn't know to go in their bag and pull it out so just little details like that if we could make that part of our day of checklist and people who will be diligently wanting to engage with the community and not have the community come find them at the top of the stairs to, to get information that should be brought out to them versus them looking for it. And then um, I really like the members of the comment um, of the public rather that stated that this should be declared a emergency. I don't know how we would incorporate that, but it it is an emergency when You see more people, Black people, die of fentanyl than they did of COVID-19 here in San Francisco. And um, to me, that's an emergency. So I would hope that we still do our subcommittee lead meetings to work out some of these details and maybe even invite any members of this body that would like to attend that wouldn't mind grinding out some of the day of details of that meeting and being part of. Organizing and reaching out to as many folks as possible to get down there to that hearing.
0: Director Davis. Thank you, Member Barry.
15: So, this is where I would just ask um, as
4: we move forward in preparation for a separate September 19th and to just get clarity. I think the last time around, we were much more, we as in the HRC and myself specifically, more involved and engaged. Um, my understanding was that there wanted. The committee wanted clear delineation between Dream Keeper Initiative and reparations. They wanted to lead on the talking points and the outreach and engagement. So we leaned leaned heavily into the outreach and engagement, working with, um, you know, a variety of, of bodies to get folks to come out. And so I think if that, you know, wanting to respect the committee's desire to be autonomous and not feel like the HRC is directing that work, you know, like, that comes with um, with impacts, right? And so, um, if we are being asked to help with outreach and engagement, and to help with talking points, to be able to do that, otherwise, it limits our ability to navigate. So, if we're all on the same page and how that how folks want us to be involved and engaged, we can do that. But I think when we did the last hearing, I heard very clearly that folks did not want the two to be to be mixed. They did not want the HRC to lead on that work, and so we did not we worked very closely with um mega black and dreamkeeper initiative and other um um bodies to make sure that the dki body showed up to speak and um and and did not i will say i personally did not do that work on the other side because i was told not to
0: excellent thank you so let's have that again clarity um and understanding of how we're going to work together to um, to make this happen really important. Um, Member Williams.
16: um, I believe to pressure the boards of members of the board of Supervisors to um to actually read over like all of the um, re- um, recommendations is email templates and phone call templates for not only community man- members, but also public to send to the Board of Supervisors, but not just to send to the Board of Supervisors but also entities that support members on on the board to pressure them like um, we support this, you should mm-hmm. read over it and I also support it too. But also to, so we can send emails and like phone calls to city departments who are interested in reparations.
0: Excellent, thank you, Member Williams. Reverend Brown.
13: Uh, Mr. Chairman, members of the task force, I would like to lay on the table for us to consider. That if we're going to have a significant hand on debt, we would develop a slogan. With ten, we can win. We are told that there are about forty-five thousand of us left in this town. We did a good job the first go round. At least we ought to have four thousand five hundred black folks here if we can get them up there in the Fillmore and in bayview Hunters Point to eat barbecue, potato salad, and to have some spirits, and they are there in the numbers. If we are serious about this thing, we ought to hit the ground running now and make that the goal. A minimum of 4,500 of us showing up, well-behaved, well-scrubbed, Mm-hmm. Standing. Now I'm 82, and I'm game for that too.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Thank let's you. Move,
13: let's move for that. Let Thank
0: you, Reverend Brown. Brown.
13: Yeah. Like Joshua did in that Battle of Jericho, and when they marched around, walls came tumbling down. We ought to have people all around the city hall.
0: Yes, sir. Love the vision of that. Absolutely. Member Irving.
21: Um, I don't know, Director Davis, when you were saying there were so, there were some folks who clearly asked that the HRC not be involved um, in that last one re- regarding reparations. And I don't don't speak for the whole body, but I do know that there are some deep connection with black folks in mega black and in dreamkeepers initiative that can really get that forty five hundred or so folks here. And so I personally am asking that um, the. HRC not be excluded from helping to do outreach, helping to tap into the networks that you have and that we just do it in partnership. I don't understand why it's, it's would yeah would be totally separate, especially when Dream Keepers is one of the recommendations that are in this report is that we continue to figure out ways to fund it. So I, I, I just think that we have to work together and separating Black folks doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
0: Thank you, Member Irving, Vice Chair Hollins.
22: Yeah, I, I think one of the things to note was that um, that hearing politically became complicated because both the Dreamkeeper Initiative and reparations were being heard on the same day. And while we in theory understood, there was a lot of political dynamics that made that challenging. That's not the place that we're in right now, but I would respectfully ask that HR- HRC definitely support us in that effort um, with, with helping to mobilize and inform folks and getting them there. And then to the extent that we utilize the spaces that have been created, whether it's the mega black meetings or any other um, coalition meetings, um, myself and I know other members would be happy to come on and support um, with the planning. The other um, thing just to uh, Dr. Brown, um, thinking about the Sunday before, and I'm in no position to recommend what the church may do, uh, but knowing that um, there are Baptist is an anchor in the city um, if there's something that we can consider doing to utilize that Sunday before to get folks out okay. that Tuesday.
0: Excellent. Member Landry.
2: So I think um, we need to uh, do our best to answer all questions that the supervisors may have before uh, the September 19th um, hearing. Um, you know, we always talk about going door to door and actually. Meeting with the supervisors is a, it's a great way to answer those questions that we don't have to spend so much time on during the day of the hearing, because as all, everyone know here on the day of the hearing, hearing is going to be uh, spirits is going to be, you know, um, there um, and people going to be real passionate. This is like a free throw that you can't miss. If you miss this free throw us as a body, then the game is over. And I would say, like, even what Dr. Brown was just mentioning, absolutely, we got to have numbers. Numbers represent uh, the constituents of the Board of Supervisors and numbers in itself, like a unanimous vote, then it'd be veto proof. So, I mean, I know we don't like sometimes touch on that part of it, but that's the part, like Star was saying, people need to be educated also about the process you know, of um, the supervisor's vote and then what happens after. But I think we really need to uh, answer questions that the supervisors may have in terms of the report before September 19. And by the way, one question, when is the recess
0: of the Board of Supervisors? When is the recess? Okay. Director Davis, say one more time. Pretty much
4: the month of August is when they go on break. So no meetings during the month of August.
0: Thank you, Member Landry. Any other comments or questions? Again, we've identified a lot of ways to both mobilize and prepare. Um, uh, As Member Barry referenced, I will bring the subcommittee chairs together to in particular talk about day of planning Um, but again, want to encourage and ask each member to do your respective outreach, not to every member of the board, but where you have the relationship um, to, again, both address questions and um, uh, identify where they are ready and prepared to make commitments. We want them coming on the 19th, prepared to take action and not simply review the report. So uh, if Member Martin, sorry, Thank you for reminding me. Member Martin, please.
23: Um, Thank you, Chair McDonald. Um, I just wanna add, I haven't haven't heard this mentioned yet, but I know in some of the successful campaigns in the past that I've participated in, uh, mobilizing a group of community stakeholders, and it can be some of our already named allies, some new allies, and just groups of the community Um, can have meetings, can ask and request for a meeting with their district supervisor or the deciding um, supervisor as well. It's going to be heard by all of them, Um, but specifically the budget and finance um, supervisor uh, members as well. They can hold meetings so that and go over some of the some of the items or some of the the main points that that we're working on as well and sit down with them and make sure that it's top of mind for the specific supervisors that are representing them. So that's another way to get that education and get the um, information to the supervisors and have them thinking about it because they're being pressured or they're being um, talked to um, and talking with their uh, constituents.
0: Excellent, thank you, Member Martin. Did I miss anyone else? Okay, excellent. With that, then we will close item number five. Thank you, members. Uh, let's, Secretary Mar, move to next item, please.
1: Item number six is general public comment. This is a discussion item. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction and are not on today's agenda. So, if there are any, thank you. Hello.
14: Um, I did want to say a few things. Um, one, thank you all for all the work you guys have been doing over the past. Um, I did want to kind of inspire this meeting a little bit. There's like a, a vibe of like, well, we may not get everything and everything may not be what we want. Um, but there's a quote in the Bible that says, you have not because you ask not right and if we're not willing to ask we won't receive right and if we don't have faith we're not going to get anything right so definitely remember that there's a quote from w.e.b du bois um, in his most popular work the souls of black folks um, he dedicated an entire chapter to the Freedmen's bureau and to the freedman's bank and there's a quote that i love he says imagine a far better policy a permanent Freedmen's bureau with a national system of Negro schools, a carefully supervised employment and labor office, a system of impartial protection before the regular courts, and such institutions for social betterment as savings banks, land and building associations, and social settlements. All this vast expenditure of money and brains might have formed great school of prospective citizenship and solved in a way we have not yet solved Um, the most perplexing and persistent problems of the Negroes. And we're still in that same position today. So, Freedmen Bureau, Freedmen Bank, Freedmen Schools, Freedmen Courts, Freedmen Hospitals. We need to remember that. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Are there any other members of the public attending in person who would like to participate in general public comment on items not on the agenda? Okay, I would like to call Alicia Mayo. All right,
6: everyone. This is my good night to all of you, and again, a big virtual hug to all of you who have been doing, you know, doing all of this work and spending all of this time. It is, will not be in vain. Um, at fifty-eight years old, I'm. I will continue to sleep, eat. Uh, I won't say the rest reparations and freedom for our people. I I think about it constantly. I was inspired by my grandparents who left Jackson, Mississippi like Reverend Brown from the same neighborhood to come here and to do all of the work that they've done. It's been done in my family and I've witnessed it and I'm still here to witness it. We are still, still working. We're still doing the civil rights work We can consider ourselves just as important as all of those who came before us, but we cannot be afraid now. We can't be afraid like they weren't afraid to go directly to the corporations, to do the work as one person, Um, like Reverend Brown said, with 10, we can win. We can win with 10. So be hopeful, be mindful, be ready and unafraid to do the work and, and uh, be inspired and let's be united. That's all, I love you guys. Thank you for the work to everyone.
1: Thank you, uh, Marquise Mohammed, welcome. Yes, thank you.
8: Now, first of all, I wanna thank everybody that served on this uh, committee. Thank you for your hard work and your efforts. I had mentioned in the last meeting uh, about the nation of Islam, and somebody came right behind me, say, oh, we don't need them there, blah, blah, blah. But the reason I mentioned the Nation of Islam in particular is because if you study the reparations history, where it came from, it came out the nationalistic movements. Anybody that knows history cannot argue with that. And it it's, you know, I was quite livid to a certain extent that, it, that we wasn't even offered a seat at the table or the Nation of Islam itself was an offer to seat at the table, knowing that this is where this movement came from. Back in those days, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, when you was talking about reparations, some organizations, they just wanted to integrate. So they, they were saying that this was hate teachings back then. But now, <laughs> you know, it's okay to talk about reparation. Yeah, we want it, yada, 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 yada. But we had the original reparations movement on the back of Muhammad Speaks paper in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And just to go into a little bit, it says we want we want land, we want fertile land, we want schools, we want proper education, we want proper housing. That is where you get the reparations movement from. And before Malcolm X was assassinated, he was trying to bring that before the United Nations, which once again came out of what ranks? The Nation of Islam. So I just want to leave that with you you know, it's sad that it was never even offered a seat at the table. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Now I'd like to welcome Larry Martin.
13: Uh, yes,
10: thank you. Thank you, uh, Miss Maya. I just, before y'all close, I just wanna thank everybody, the task force, uh, Joelle Stewart, Dr. Davis, Amos Brown, everyone else. I just want to thank the whole panel. Even though I was the, I was rejected twice when I applied, but I still came around because I thought it was important. Because I got love for black people. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of where we where we come from, and because we all our cause is to fight injustice, and I'm and I've been a part of that all my life, wherever I was in the country. But what? So I just want to share this before I close. Um, as we as we fight and as we fight for justice, it's important. Education is important because I I just recently graduated from uh, City College, and I'm going to start a new journey at San Francisco State. But I think it's important that we can't get education twisted with liberation. Cause liberation should be the, our number one goal is independence. I understand education and reparation is very vital, is important, but liberation is also important. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to share that thought, you know, cause as we continue to fight for justice, equality and freedom, we must never forget where we came from and who we are as black people. Regardless of our geographical, financial, social differences, we all in this fight together because they take one of us. You know, they take one of us out. I feel the pain. If we, if you, if you, related to me or not, I feel the pain. So it, so it's important for us to be unified in the face of injustice. You know what I'm saying? So as I continue.
1: Thank you for your comments. Your two minutes have expired. Could Carolyn Gage please, um, you're welcome, to try to attempt general public comment on items not in the agenda. Can you hear me? Yes, wonderful. Hi,
20: my name is Salahakuya
1: Chandler, and
20: I don't know how Carolyn, maybe because I'm connected to her phone just as well, and day, she definitely, I uh, guess, had me on a conference call because she wanted me, her number, for me to be able to connect to this committee for quite some time. And I have been listening over the months. And it's just my concern. Unfortunately, I'm a straight shooter. Anyone who know myself as an abolitionist and a social justice, it's time for us to abolish the system is is totally destroyed we realize that i hear it constantly the question is is that many would not be able to take a stand because they are a part of a system that's broken they can't walk around uh uh walk around city hall and say the walls of injustice are going to come tumbling down because if you don't live it you don't walk it we cannot be hypocritical and knowing that we're not doing right by ourselves, especially the leaders who are supposed to be examples and this community and the world is watching the hypocrisy and the evil of it all. First and foremost, to even say that we want 50 millions for an administration office, let's be real. That's saying that we're gonna be having this discussion another 15, 20 years, 30, and many of us not gonna to see today because we're lying to the black community. And many of those even recent who have gotten millions of dollars all of a sudden out the blue already know what time it is. The words to the wise is sufficient. You actually think that people are not smelling the stench that's going on. And we are supposed to be an example, continuously going begging? when is this going to happen? Let's get some administration 50 years. You think that people in power is really going to fall for that? because we see other coaches who are receiving, who don't have to walk around seven and eight times around city hall. Many of the other coaches don't even have to hold up a banner, but who we are the people who built this country, the bottom line and the way we come in with begging. And that's what it is for what's right. Rightfully ours and putting a price on it that you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Your two minutes has expired. Now we'll welcome Victoria Lewis.
11: Uh, Thank you for letting me have two minutes of your time, Um, and to all the board members who have dedicated so much time and effort um, to this cause. I just wanted to reiterate I heard one of the board members say uh, that we do need feet on the ground. That's important. A A lot of us is trying to figure out how to navigate to follow. HRC how to follow the board members how to follow the reparations committee and it's a bit much I am part of the faith faith faith-based community as well as point community we need to involve music some of these guys and some of these ladies have followings that will bring the people out in numbers we need to have flyers with qr codes where people can have things that are tangible we need those things and we have a bunch of volunteers, but we really need you to get us the information. So when we're speaking to our, you know, our, our colleagues or people in our churches, that we can give them something that they can take along. And things that, you know, street vendors, we need to have things when people are buying food from them that they can hand them something. And, and it just kind of gets passed along. But we need to get those things and have them started utilizing their, their their web pages or their websites or whatever they have to get the word out. Because believe it or not, we are following and we're watching, but we just need to be able to, we need to mobilize much better. Thank you for your time and wishing you all the best. God bless. And if we come together in numbers, we'll keep pushing. We'll get it done.
1: Thank you. Now I would like to welcome... Call in user number
12: two. Okay. Um, Thank you very much for taking my call tonight. I enjoy listening to the Reparations Advisory Committee. And I'm extremely impressed with the leadership. I like Tanish Hollins and also the chair. I've heard them speak on, on Cron 4 and did a succinct, eloquent presentation of what reparations really mean. I do want to appreciate HRC and everyone that's put it together to actually see and maybe African Americans here in San Francisco realize what is owned to us, as Martin Luther King said, that promissory note that came back marked insufficient funds. I do hope we actually see that happen here in San Francisco, and I have all faith in the leadership both in the city and in everyone making this come to fruition. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Are there any of the other members of the public either attending in person in the chamber or remotely who want to participate in general public comment on items not on the agenda? Okay, Chair, I believe this item can be closed.
0: Seeing none, public comment is closed for general public comment. Um item seven will need to continue um, because we don't have quorum um, to uh adopt the minutes from our last two meetings, June 5th and June 12th, which then brings us to item number eight, adjournment. And uh if I could first ask for a motion to adjourn.
13: Mr. Chair. Before the motion. But I announce here that Ms. Carmen Johnson's. Funeral will be tomorrow
0: mm-hmm.
13: at uh, Third Baptist.
0: Yes. What time? Eleven
13: 7 o'clock.
0: Yes. Um, so, can oh. I get a motion to adjourn? Uh, Remember, I move that
2: we adjourn. Okay.
0: okay, and we'll do so uh, if uh, by acclamation. Um, Member Barry wanted to do so in memoriam of um, uh, um, those we've lost uh, recently. So, please, Member Barry.
15: Yes. Um- we lost three pillars in the Fillmore community recently. Um, the first was Joe Anderson. A lot of people knew him from Banneker's, Joe Vegas's mother, Barbara, she passed. And then um, like Reverend Brown just mentioned, Victor Jones' mother, a lot of people know him as Creature Man. He's definitely a pillar in the community. So his mother passed and then George Johnson, Gigolo G, he's one of the ones that. Well, first of all, if you knew anything about music in the Fillmore community, you knew Gigolo G, the beats, he's behind a lot of our rappers and stuff beats, and he did a lot of parties, the Big Bob parties, Dr. Funk parties, He he was just everywhere and. I like to dedicate this report to him because I believe if a lot of these reparations recommendations were in place, he would still be with us. Mm -hmm. And um, I heard Dr. Davis at the top. I don't know if she wants to speak on her loved one or not, but I see her in pain and um, I, I just want to acknowledge your family member too as well.
0: Thank you so much. So we will again, adjourn and honor of those that we have lost. Uh, With that, we are adjourned. Thank you all so very much for your time and attention tonight. Thank
3: Thank you.